שיר מיותר לקנקנים, נעשה לנס לשושנים, זה חמש מילים בסך הכל, שטומנים בזה כל כך הרבה. Inside this world so many deep meaning, מיותר לקנקנים, נעשה לנס לשושנים. Maybe you can connect that to what Rabbi Nachman said to judge. Everyone to have schut, even ourselves to judge ourselves to have schut, and through, through that we find a good thing in us, another good thing, another method, another. We can uh, build our kedusha and to be chazer with shuvah completely, to look about the good and the others and us. So maybe that's inside those words. I mean, not that I'm going to left a little bit, a little bit oil, a little bit good. Food that we have a little bit good, even a little bit, can have a miracles, a lot of miracles. Da 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 da
This is already the third year that we're doing this. It's a chazaka. And each of the times, I feel as if I have to apologize. But I'm pulling her away from the Ganeid and I have to apologize to myself and all of you. I don't know exactly why this was destined upon you, but it should be a ticket. It should be a ticket for all of us. What a privilege, what a, what a privilege. I could speak just all the allotted time, and how much time is allotted, I guess. Just about what a schus it is to be able, first and foremost, to sit together. I'm privileged to know many of you. Truth is, I'm privileged to know all of you. But at least on, on this worldly level, I'm privileged to know so many of you. And it's like an A-team, you know? It's like mamish, some of the holiest, most special people in one room, one of the most special times of the year, for one of, those, one of the most special reasons that Jews can get together, 
to connect. To connect to each other. To connect to the spirit of the Chag. To connect to Negina de Kedusha, that I think Rabbi Yosef personifies, I think his music is the dictionary definition for Negina de Kedusha, is Rabbi Yosef's music, which he knows is not his music. Because it comes from a place that's beyond. He'll be the first one to tell you that, and everyone can sense that. What a privilege we have to be together. What a privilege we have to be together here and now. A story. Rabbarach HaMezhvizh, Eskosi Aganaleinu, the uncle of Rabbi Nachman, brother of the Dagamachan Ephraim, grandson of the Balsham HaKadosh, was known for his Titian, or stories about his Titian, what would go on when all the Hasidim gathered together, people would stay for Shabbos, and a whole production by Rabbarach HaMezhvizh, was uh, the Rebbe's Rebbe, Rabbarach HaMezhvizh and a generation filled with tzaddikim. This tish was legendary. And his tish on Hanukkah was legendary, and all the Hasidim tried as much as they could, whenever they could, to be there, to sit with the Hasidim, also in a gathering like this. And it's Sabsa the Kedusha, gathering together, to hear words of Torah, to sing mirrors, to connect to the flames that are burning on the menorah that are only a symbol for the flame that each and every one of us carries within part of the collective flame, the collective torch, that's called Nishmas Yisrael. They would gather together year after year, all the Hasidim would sit and they would connect in the deepest, deepest way to the deepest, deepest light. One year there was a certain Hasid for one reason or another, the Shtalshalas Hadvarim of the Erev Hanukkah, if it was the first night of Hanukkah, or whenever it was that he was supposed to have set out, didn't work out that he should leave in time to be there by the Tish, to travel in the daytime, to be able to get there with other Hasidim. And things were getting later and later and later, whatever it was that he was caught up with, but it wasn't, he wasn't able to leave when he thought he would be able to leave. And before he knew it, he was in a matzah where he had to decide for himself, can I go, can I not go, should I go? It was a makam of sakanas, you know, it's not like it is today. Maybe more similar to the drive that we had. But it's not, you know, there are lights on the road and but back then it's just forests and our wild animals and our thieves and there are no paved roads. You have to find your way in the pitch black darkness. It's not so simple. But all of a sudden something just moved to me. So I get it. It's late and I had already maybe decided not to go. How could I not be Baruch Mezhvich's Tish on the first night of Hanukkah? He jumps onto his horse, doesn't even take a wagon, there's nobody to lead it. It's just him. And he sets off. It's overcast. It's dark. He has to pass through a formidable, threatening, frightening forest. And it's a long journey, and he starts to go, and he thinks he knows the way, but there's like a, you know, like sort of a horizontal vertigo sometimes. You know, you can get like in the ocean or... If you're lost in a forest, you forget where the directions are. And all of a sudden, it starts to pour, and it's raining, and it's dark, and he can't see, and the horse is bewildered. And he loses his way entirely. Entirely, entirely, entirely. All around him, he hears animals, terrible sounds of ferocious wild beasts surrounding him. 
And the imagination plays off what, this, what the ears are hearing and his mind is racing and his heart is pumping. And he's lost. A number of moments earlier in a very different setting, at the Tish of a Baruch of Meshbish, all the Hasidim are sitting around and one of them happened to be looking at the menorah. The other Hasidim seemed more content to look at the menorah that was the face of Rebarach Meshvitzer. This Hasid had his eye on the menorah and he noticed the most bizarre thing he'd ever seen in his life. The flame was flickering, was dancing on the wick. And from one moment to the next, it wasn't as if it had blown out, the window wasn't open. It was gone. It was just gone. It was no longer on the wick. And it was such a thing where he didn't even know like what had happened. It was bizarre to see such a thing. It wasn't as if, again, it blew out. There was no smoke. It was just gone. And our chassid is trying to get to the Rebbe. And he's lost and he's frightened. And it's dark and it's cold and it's raining. And all of a sudden, in the, in the distance, he starts to see a little light. A little light in the distance. So he travels after, he doesn't have much of a choice. And as he gets closer and closer, he sees that it's a little, it's a little flame. Without a wick, without a candle, no one's holding it. It's just a little flame dancing in the air, beckoning. And once it has his attention, it starts to move rapidly. And the horse starts after it, it catches the horse's attention, and they're going, and they're going, and they're moving. And they're moving, and the flame leads them out of the forest to a peripheral road, and from there to other side streets, and the horse is galloping, and the flame is moving. And it leads them right to the Beis Medrash of Rav Baruch Medrash. The Chassid bursts into the room, his pay is flying, his beard parted, drenched, and all the Hasidim are looking at him and he says, I have to tell you the most incredible, incredible story. And he starts to tell them how he was Masupic. Should he set out? Should he not set out? Had he, he made the decision to go. He went. And this flame appeared and it led him right out of that terrifying situation and it led him here. And the Hasidim, one by one, turned to the Menorah and they saw that the flame was, the flame was back. Without getting into the depth, because it'll take much more time than even the amount of time that I already overstepped. It's a strange thing. I don't usually, we don't usually speak in such esoteric terms. It's strange that for the past couple of years, it's the same theme that we've been developing. Dafka in this, in this mind. At least one person remembers. <laughs> Listen to this. Before anything, the Mekubalim tell us that all there was was Ein Sof. All there was was the Ein Sof. That's all we can say about HaKadosh Baruch on the ultimate level is the Infinite One. And the Sfarim of the Mekubalim is not even called Hashem, even HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a lower name. Ein Sof, just Ein Sof. It's a concept the human mind can't grasp. Infinity, beyond time, beyond space, infinite. The Mekubalim explain that Rizal, right in the beginning of Eitzchayim, teaches that the very first step in creation was something called the Tzimtzum. 
was something called a conceptual contraction. We're not talking about something spatial, and so it's not as if something was there and then it was no longer there. These are concepts. But all of a sudden, HaKadosh Baruch Hu contracted himself from the center of infinity. Of course, paradoxical ideas. There is no center of infinity. Infinity goes on forever. But whatever this means at the center, whatever metaphor center means in this context, HaKadosh Baruch Hu removed a measure of his godliness, so to speak, from that place. <clears throat> After which, he drew down what's called a kav. We've spoken about this before. A kav into this, what's called a chalal hapanoi, this vacant space. And along that kav, all of the spiritual worlds are created until the very bottom of that kav, the very bottom of that line, is the physical world which we are inhabiting currently. And if we live life properly, we can tap in to all of the spiritual levels above, from Yitzira, beyond Asiya, to Bria, to Atzilas, and to grow closer and closer to the master of the world. But one other stage in between, and of course these are very, very complex ideas, but just one concept is called a reshim, a residue, a residual echo of that godliness that hadn't existed in that place as part of a Kaddish Baruch's infinity. When a Kaddish Baruch removed his godliness from our perspective, from that place, there was left a reshim, there was left a re some sort of residue. And inside of that residue, the kav, that line of godliness, was able to re-enter Combined with this residual element, we can think of it as the canvas that enabled the kav, which is the ink, to be mitzayer, to illustrate all of existence and all the stages in existence that ultimately lead to our existing in this reality. But the Rashimu is that, is that canvas. The Rashimu is a very, very deep idea, very, very deep. What exactly the Rashimu is, what its function is vis-a-vis -vis the kav, we don't have time to talk about that now. But the Mekubalim say that the first word in the Torah of Doratius can be read Bishaeris. It's the same letters. Bishaeris. Sha'iris, of course, Sha'iris Apleta, means those that are left over. And the Mekubalim say Bishaeris Bara Elohim That the real foundation for existence. And the material, the silly putty, with which HaKadosh Baruch, the cosmic silly putty, with which HaKadosh Baruch goes ahead and creates everything, is called the She'eris, is that residue, is that Rishimu, that still remained in that vacant space. Like a memory of something. Like a lingering smell of the wine after all the wine has already been drank out of the cup, drunk out of the cup. A remembrance that something was here. And then the ability to try to work toward reclaiming that. Toward enabling that to reemerge in the physical realm that you and I occupy. With this residue. With this little bit of godliness that was left in the context of a Kodesh Baruch Hu pulling himself out, so to speak, from this place, but there was always something left. There was a residue. And it's from this residue that a Kodesh Baruch Hu was then able to re-enter and build everything. There's got to be something left. There's always got to be something left. 
And so the Pasik tells us HaGadosh Baruch Hu is over al pesha l'she'eris nachalasai. HaGadosh Baruch Hu overlooks the sins of she'eris nachalasai, of those that are left at the end of time dirty as they may be and covered in dust from their journey throughout 2,000 years of exile. Over al pesha l'she'eris. HaGadosh Baruch Hu forgives the sins of those that are left over. Say Chazal, what's she'eris? Say Chazal, l'misha mesim atzmoi. Sha'iris means a person that makes himself small. A person that makes it as if his entire being is just a fragment, who realizes that he isn't in terms of an independent identity, but he only lives a meaningful existence in context and in the context of all the other members of Amisra, that he's part of something, that she's part of something, part of a story. One tiny spark, like we said, of a great torch, one little drop, in an endless ocean. A person that breaks himself into pieces and says, Rebani Shalom, I only exist to be Megala, your covet. All I want is that this world should be shining. Should be shining with goodness and yashras and health and balance and morality and sweetness. That there should never be a child anymore in the world that has to cry, that has to feel pain, that has to be forsaken. That there should never be another adult that has to take a long, long drive just because the place that he left was no place for him and he has nowhere to go. But that the world should be fixed. Person realizes we're part of something bigger, something bigger. Says the eighth of Labo, this will come to an end. He says, you know what a deeper understanding of that Maimar Chazal is? He says, you know what the foundation of returning is? What the foundation of recalibrating our trajectory in life to once again try to lift ourselves into HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinite embrace? You know what the foundation for that is? to a person who understands the secret of Bereshah's bara elokim, b'she'eris bara elokim. That all of what we go through and all of our vacant spaces and all those places in our own personalities and our own experience where we, so to speak, banish HaKadosh Baruch Hu from that place and we feel that he's no longer here. And we feel that we've eradicated any tiny leftover presence of this element that we seek to eradicate, that a person goes through that experience in a moment of sin, where we convince ourselves that this is a pocket of being where God isn't. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu from that place needs to be made just to look through cracks because we've pushed him out and slammed the door behind him. <coughs> the only way that we can begin to walk back into that embrace, over al Pesha, is Lashairis is to realize that there's no such thing. Is to realize that every vacant space is rooted in that original contraction of a Kaddish Baruch Hu from that place, which is called the Chalal Hapanoi, but guess what? It was only an illusion. Because there remains the Rashimu, there remains the She'eris, B'She'eris Bara Elokim, L'Misha Mesem Atzmikishirayim. There's no such thing as existing being alive 
in whatever pit we think that we find ourselves in or that we think we've dug deep within our hearts and whatever we think we've lost and whatever we think we've banished. That little bit of light, that little memory, that little fragrance, that little melody that hovers over the periphery of our consciousness that we can't quite understand but we know the place it's associated with and the people. We can't really remember the lyrics, but it just, it hovers there. Each and every Jew has that melody that hovers somewhere over around us, just beyond our reach, but is there and can never, ever, 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 ever be forgotten. That memory of what it is to be in a womb. A womb, of course, is the Chalol Hapanoi. The creation of each and every individual goes through the same process that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. The umbilical cord is the kav that connects that which is created within the vacant space to that which surrounds the vacant space. What did we learn? What did we learn in the womb? Kalatarakula. Ah, and we leave, and the angel flicks us a little bit, and we forget. Did we forget? No. No. Kalatarakula is within and it remains ever, ever accessible. This is what Hanukkah is. Oil is residue. Anybody knows? Wash a little bit of dishes, the men wash a little bit of dishes. Oil is very, very, very hard to get out of a pan. It's very, very hard. Water itself won't do it. You can pour and pour and pour. You need to scrub it and clean it and dry it. Oil is residue. Oil remains. Oil is chachma. Oil remains. The union of the oil of Hanukkah in the context of the chal hapanoi, the destroyed Beis Hamikdash, and the mitziah and the discovery of a little pot of shemen to let you know that there's no such thing as total destruction. There's no such thing as total vacancy. Hakadosh Baruch is with you, and each of us in our lives, like that chassid lost in the forest, if we open our eyes, we can find that little dancing flame that will lead us if we only have the courage to follow it. If we only have the courage to close our eyes and believe, HaKadosh Baruch who is with me, like the Ma'arinayim says, a proof, you want proof that you're connected to HaKadosh Baruch Chaim Kul you're alive. And that life force within you is a miracle, and it's a wonder, and it's not economic for HaKadosh Baruch to keep you being functioning if there was no purpose, if there was, if there was, if there was no potential. That each and every one of us is connected, we're alive, HaKadosh Baruch is with us. And we have to realize that we have that within us. And then we can be zocha to a recreation, to a voracious bara elokim, as hashemayim, the heavenly part of our lives, the pragmatic details of our lives. We can put it all back together. It begins with the she'eris. So, HaGadosh Baruch Hu should bless us. That every time that we look at these neiris, and every time we look at the oil, and every time we look at the flame, and every time we think about what that nace was to be able to find that little parshemen in the throes of a darkness, the likes of which we cannot imagine, and under the rubble of the destruction that defies belief, the ability to start anew, the ability to have a Chanukas habayis. We should be zeichet to find that little flame because each and every one of us has that somewhere. We have that little dancing flame of our barakal, of Mezritz's Menaira. Follow it. Follow it. And I bless myself to follow it. 
and it will take us to the most wondrous, wondrous places. L'chaim, l'chaim, l'vracha. Thank you so much for listening. Afrei l'chaim, l'chdegin chanaka.
תודה רבה לך, תודה רבה לך, תודה רבה לך, תודה רבה לך, השם יתברך, השם יתברך, השם יתברך, השם יתברך, על כל החסדים, על כל החסדים, על כל החסדים Thank 
כתוב בתורה הקדושה ואנוכי אסתר אסתיר פניי ביום ההוא ביום ההוא אבל רבי נחמן מסביר ואפילו בהסתרה Oh, 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 oh,
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
בן אדם להימצאו Thank 
for opening their house, and for making their home, and for making this possible. Mom is exceedingly, exceedingly appreciated. And for Yosef, of course, a stranger. Okay, <laughs> 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 